The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. All right, we're uh, here to do our roundup of uh, political news uh, near and far for the week, and uh, we've got a good array of topics. Um, let's but see, I, where do we... I think Sue wanted to have a uh, note about last week's program. Y- yeah, maybe just say, um, Stefan, you and I were talking about the Federal Reserve, and ah, yes. um, I couldn't think of the book reference. So those of you th- that love a conspiracy theory, uh, the book is from, you said 2010, right, Stefan, you were looking at it? Yes, uh, um, G. Edward Griffin. Yep, Creature from Jekyll Island, A Second Look at the Federal Reserve, and it's all about the climate and the people and all those things that went into creating our Federal Reserve, and um, I, I, I worked at reading it, I read parts of it, it was a little conspiratorial for me, but the facts are right. It actually has who was on the train, who went to Jekyll Island what their concerns were, and so if you're interested in the Federal Reserve uh, and you want another view. Always good to have more conspiracy theories about the <laughs> Federal Reserve, I say. It's a, a never-ending fount of uh, fun and interesting ideas. Yeah. Were the Bilderbergs there? The Bilderbergs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, was this anywhere near Bohemian Grove by any chance? Um, I do quickly want to remind your listeners, of, once again, you're listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, and... Um, uh, you can reach out to us, find us on Twitter at CivilPoliticsFM. On email, uh, we can be reached at CivilPoliticsRadio at ValleyFreeRadio.org. On Facebook, you can uh, go to Facebook.com slash CivilPoliticsRadio. And uh, our blog, where we archive past shows, it can be found at CivilPoliticsRadio.com. So feel free to um, send your feedback of all kinds to any of those uh, vectors. Okay, so um, yes, that's that's an interesting. Thank you, Sue, for that uh, reminder. And um, I'm sure that book is also available through the local public library. Uh, it's been out for a few years, and and certainly it would be good reading. I think the Federal Reserve is is an institution very worthy of uh, study and scrutiny, um, given given current times. I don't know if we want to audit it. I think we'd be scared if we audited <laughs> how much money's been printed and how big the money supply yeah, co- is. Quantitative easing. Oh, I really, uh, I, th- I really think that term QE3. is. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> there was Queen Elizabeth. Yes, yeah. I know. <laughs> that boat. is the. It is the epitome of a euphemism. Exactly. <laughs> I, th- I really think it. It needs to be memorialized as, as you know. Yeah just sort of dressing very simple but somewhat alarming concepts up in, in sort of this uh, financial ease, oh, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah, because they, they created all sorts of notes, and then they let um, Goldman Sachs buy them at a discount, and then they bought them back at a profit to put money in the money supply. It's like, oh, how did they pick <laughs> Goldman Sachs? <laughs> oh, I, I wonder. I can't imagine. <laughs> And I'm a I'm a, a conservative, and I look at that and go, "Oh my God!" <laughs> See, maybe we share something if uh, you know, too much money and money has no value, and the money supply. Right. Well, the, yeah, and and the Federal Reserve is kind of a fascinating institution, not only because, um, it in it enjoys a relative lack of scrutiny and oversight given the amount of power it has but also it it it's almost this kind of weird third rail of american government you know this there's this 
there's a lot of institutions that operate, you know, effectively as though they're part of this sort of um, uh, legally ordained structure of American governance. But in fact, you know, the, the Federal Reserve is only a little more than it's only about 100 years old. You know, its its origins are, are uh, you know, uh, shall we say, less than than uh, than fully well understood. It's, it was a, a project of sort of uh, the financial elite to alleviate sort of um, what they saw as as very as difficulties in in the market and ostensibly to prevent. I I as I recall the first sort of round of um, of uh, the first kind of financial recession in the modern sense that we understand it, which was in the 1880s. Yes. Um, when, when kind of the first crash um, happened and um, didn't manage to prevent the subsequent uh, Great Depression, but it's been with us ever since. Um, Trying to stop that boom and bust of capitalism. Yes. Well, yeah. that 2008 would like to report in on that, I think. Oh. Well, um, they created all sorts of things that are outside the shadow finance, you know, derivatives and all those things that are actually even outside... Any of the oh, yeah. regulatory structure. So, well, now yeah. we have the technology to uh, conduct financial transactions and to sort of make, um, particularly, you find this a lot in stock markets where you have trading going on essentially faster than human beings can actually trade because you have these complicated um, digital algorithms that act in place of the, tr- you know, instead of traders running from kiosk <laughs> to kiosk in the classic shouting. stock market <laughs> sense that we yeah, have shouting and being very stressed out. Now you have computers doing it. Yeah. And that just re- it further removes, you know, adds another sort of element of barrier between the public and between and how this how this this these finances are are getting uh thank god controlled. for circuit circuit breakers or we'd have another couple of flash yeah. crashes because <laughs> right. once the machines get going against each other they have to they have a circuit breaker so if something right. happens they just stop they just stop trading because the machines go crazy so yeah interesting so that yes that's our that's our oh, addendum to oh the humanity <laughs> well and i think that one of the things that people know uh the only thing that people know about at this point is even going back before the Federal Reserve, I think of, you know, the popularity of Hamilton now. Oh, and yeah, Hamilton was the... Uh, <laughs> the arch uh, federalist, um, yeah. very much in favor of sort of national banking policy. and. Yep. Yeah, I have complicated feelings about <laughs> Hamilton. I'm, on the one hand, I'm, I'm sort of glad that there's been a pop culture moment associated with sort of, uh, you know... Um, the black community taking taking was, center and, yeah. stage and sort of having a not just in terms of Broadway, which can be a very white uh, institution, but in terms of having sort of getting to craft American history according to you know in in a in a more diverse role. On the other hand, Alexander Hamilton, kind of a problematic figure in some <laughs> respects, and I wor- I sort of worry about the hagiography effect of of something like a musical, which can be, you know, I. Th- I think it was written very well, but at least it wasn't it. about Andrew Jackson. Yeah. That's <laughs> all <laughs> I got to say. Andrew Jackson. <laughs> but people Trip. do believe. Yeah, I don't the think show. the Trail of Tears would be made a very catchy number. <laughs> I think it'd be really hard to work that into a and the a, protests a, a would Broadway be, uh, standard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, we we have protests just trying to rename sports teams that have you know names like uh, Redskins or yeah. what have you. So yeah. Oh, and the there was that um, Shakespeare in the Park, where oh. they were doing Julius Caesar, and of course they have someone who looks vaguely like Trump, 
which, of course, people are outraged about, except for the fact that they did it to pretty much every, every president. Other president. <laughs> yeah. right. That is right. what they do. <laughs> he has the biggest toes, and he's the most sensitive. So he yeah. Yes. <laughs> Big toes. So, well, speaking of Trump, uh, Sue, you brought this uh, article to our attention from Politico just today. Um, and uh, we'll post it on the Facebooks and on the medias um, as we as we do this for our online oh, audience. Do you tell but which which one the uh, leaks? The yes, <laughs> yes, this this is the one about um, where officials at various uh, national security agencies are 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 alleging essentially alleging, that there's yeah. a, a a newly buttoned up policy around leaks. Than trying to, to the extent I think that they're, they think that they're having dummy reporters calling in, yeah. right? Almost like sending, <laughs> you know, sending a kid in to see if their ID gets checked at, yep. the, at the bodega yep, or test, something, you know, te- to test the, the... That's the allegation. <laughs> yeah, and withholding, just giving certain stories to certain national security people and then seeing if it's leaked. And um, that's the allegation. It wouldn't right. surprise me in yeah. the least, yeah. but a real a real crackdown, and it's, it has a very chilling effect on. Well, and I'm sort of folks. not surprised because hitherto this point, the, the Trump administration has been leaks galore. Yeah, I mean it's been a real uh, you know a, it's a real sieve of information, and part of that is you know due to sort of internal um, schisms, and part um, of that is due to Trump's Twitter, right? Because <laughs> yeah. he <about> is. <laughs> One of the worst offenders (laughs) when it comes to leaks. L-O-C, leaker in chief, or L-I-C? Yeah, it's... uh, Well, I mean, he's multiple times now contradicted through Twitter or through just, you know, some, you know, uh, some pronouncement he's made. He's contradicted his own staff. Yeah. And Mm it's... I've been watching the meeting with him and Tillerson and, you know, sort of seeing what's come out on the Putin meeting, because Tillerson was there in the room. With a translator. So those were the three on our side. And Putin, his translator, and his, I don't know who his secretary of charge d'affaires or whatever it is. I forget what they call it in Russia. But so there were only six people in the room. So, Mm. Well, that was the other big story is that the State Department is just an apps. It's pandemonium in the State Department. Right. They don't actually, the, the Republican administration doesn't actually seem to know what the State Department does or value it or value it. Yeah. And so there are a lot of people who are worried that they are going to be out of a job soon. And those who have a job don't know what to do because they haven't filled in any of the political positions. And so they don't know what to do. Yep. They're just um, they're treading water. Well, we know that as we've reported here in the past in the show, the diplomatic corps uh, of the U.S. government has has really taken a very dim view of Trump, I think, since the campaign. And, and there was that letter signed by oh, yeah. hundreds of diplomats basically oh, yeah. saying, this, this, is, this is bad, folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so that probably hasn't helped, uh, you know, relations between the State well, Department and the rest Trump of the administration. Trump is very um, vindictive. Absolutely. And so... Having started off that way, it's a little bit like the national security folks, where he he went right after them to begin with, and vice versa. Yeah, it's it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how people treat him at the G twenty. It's like having a seven year old be president. <laughs> well, a seven year old with power, right, which is the problem. Exactly. You know, seven year old you can ignore and put in the other room, but 
Trump, you can't really do that. Mm -hmm. And on the line of the leaks and sort of cracking down on leaks, um, I don't know if you guys want to talk about this, but the idea of sort of the the means justifying the ends Mm -hmm. or, you know, sort of it's sort of the Caesar versus Cicero discussion. Yes. You know, we all mm-hmm. pick on um, WikiLeaks, and yet they revealed something that was really important to our democracy. Mm. And, you know, he's 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 chasing leaks within the national security apparatus, which they really shouldn't be leaking. I mean, that's my position, is that they shouldn't be. But there was a real value to what uh, right. WikiLeaks did. And I just, I, I struggle with that. I was curious where you guys... See, my feelings on WikiLeaks is that there are different aspects to it. And so I think that, for instance, Julian Assange, I have no love for. I would be perfectly happy if he ended up in a jail cell. But the people who, some of the people who gave information that was important, that to me is a separate issue. Sort of more whistleblower-like. Exactly. Tried and true. I, I believe in the tried and true whistleblower. I don't necessarily believe in the idea that everything should be out in the open because there is an argument to be made that that is why we have governments because some things need to not be out in the open. Because if everything is out in the open, we don't need governments. We can just all, you know, we'd actually be... Take up arms and... No. (laughs) Well, we'd either be getting along or we'd all be fighting. And so I think that there is a middle ground where you can value a true whistleblower without saying that, you know, just because you have a stack of do- government documents means that you should put it on the Internet. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because they didn't redact. I mean, there was really a lot of data dumping. Going yeah, on. And, and I think that there's a, there's a distinction to be made between this kind, the kind, of, this kind of reckless data dumping and like going so through... emails about what right. they said about... Versus producers. going through, like... Um, uh, likes when Edward Snowden uh, teamed up with Glenn Greenwald and a couple other people, and they were actually able to make a ju- you know he had other eyes coming in saying, well, what makes sense to release and what should be withheld? Because yeah. you what you're doing is you're, you're pulling raw data, and so you're getting everything. I mean, when these pe- when these people are, are are pulling this information, it it really requires somebody who has a sense of not only the legality but sort of the journalistic ethics. Well, unfortunately um, though, I think that Glenn Greenwald has really become one of the casualties of this administration because his hatred for this administration um he's in recent times kind of gone a little off the rails unfortunately. Sort of can't help it. He can't help it. He is yeah. so obsessed with the Russia Angle, and he's so obsessed with the idea that True. you know this administration is you know um, illegal, you know, right. un borderline conspiracy theory. Yes, yeah. Um, and I, and that's actually something that I find very upsetting because you know I used to really think that Glenn Greenwald was a really solid, very good journalist, and unfortunately, I think he's really gone down the rabbit hole. Yeah, he's not alone. Unfortunately, I'm really the current political climate. I think is is testing the psyches of a lot of people. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of longtime media personalities uh, on the left and the right who I've been aware of, especially online, who are you know going in freakout mode. Yeah. And it's and I think it's I I get it. 
at a certain level, but it also I, I also think it, it adds noise steady, to this against the signal. You a know, steady hand. I've been looking for sources that weren't quite so. I'm I'm old enough to remember Eye of Stone, who mm-hmm. revealed a lot of the Vietnam stuff. Uh. Um, he did. Um, he published his own newspaper, and he would get the stuff from the Pentagon's own publishings, and they go after him for releasing trade secrets, and yet it would be right in the. But he, right. he you know, he cross-referenced things and showed that we were in Cambodia. Very famous, right? right absolutely, um, journalist. And then the Pentagon Papers, where they really struggled. I think I forget who. I think the Times published them, and yeah, they really sure struggled. Yeah. What to publish? What they should publish? They went through quite There's a process. A great um, oh my goodness, I'm going to forget his name, but the senator from Alaska, who was the guy who got the Pentagon Papers and ended up reading them in the record, and he ran uh, uh, Mike Gravel. Mike Gravel, Gravel yes. that's his name. He was actually, the reason I know about him is because he ran in the, he was like a bit player in the 2008 Democratic primary. But he has a really, he has a really good story about sort of the process of, going through basically the papers got delivered to his house you know through uh, a couple different contacts and he he was in touch with dan ellsberg as at the yeah. at the washington and post he was at the that guy time who was trash um, right daniel ellsberg they went to his psychiatrist's office and right they yeah really they went after discred- him yeah they tried to discredit him but he not the content but <laughs> Yeah, but it ended up, the, the idea was this, and, and we're sort of sidebarring, but it's an interesting story, and I, um, there's a long talk that he gave at some or another, um, at some or another conference, and I'll try to post it on Facebook, because it's, it's more interesting to hear him tell it, but essentially they had to go through, line, as you said, line by line, and they were actually cutting out certain parts oh, so they that they thought, out, so they there was no confusion, yep, so there right. could be no chance of anything slipping through that they yeah. didn't want to slip through. And I thought that that any you know of course they were doing it all analog because it was 1970. Yeah. Um, I think Wang had a, a, a processor that did like one line, and then if it was wrong, you could take it out before it printed. That was <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. It was, a, it, it was a typewriter. Is that like not. the app that like <laughs> you you send an email and you have 30 seconds to read it and not send it if, yeah, it, if Wang, there's something wrong right. if there's a, a typo First or you hit reply all by accident. <laughs> by but, by Massachusetts company invented that. Oh yeah. yeah. But you do one line and then yeah. <laughs> but I should say that whistle the pr- I think part of the part of the issue is that. Leaks like this are sort of the safety valve when there aren't uh, other avenues to get information out. When and honestly, we, we, yeah, well, but uh, whistleblowing, this has been a, a bipartisan thing because Obama, oh, they we can talk a lot leaks, of, right? but he, his, more, more whistleblowers were prosecuted and investigated Absolutely. under his administration oh. than no, he was all terrible. other administrations combined. And so this is, I mean, we can knock Trump for this, and yeah. it's legitimate, but it this is Obama a bigger stuff, issue. chilled the journalists, too. That's yeah. right. And they were going to put him, I, mean, I forget, but yeah, that's right. I'd forgotten that. Oh, so yeah. I mean, this forget. was not, you know, I definitely, I'll own that as, you know, the lefty of lefties <laughs> who is far lefter of Obama <laughs> than. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, and the press and, is really important to this country. Was it they said, right. if, I'd, if I'd rather have the Second Amendment. Or a free press, that you'd be in much more trouble if there was no free press. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, and it's it's such interesting, it's, you know, it's one of the, I feel like we really are in that curse, that Chinese curse of may you, uh, may you live in interesting times oh, where, you know, one of the things that I think about that is actually relevant to this conversation is that there is a, um, a new 
uh, video series on the Cracked uh, YouTube channel, uh, <laughs> which is called Some News, where they have a young man and he talks about some of the terrible things that are happening and, you know, comments. And he was talking about the story about how Sean Spicer has said no cameras in yes. the press room. And yeah. he was like... <laughs> And he's pleading at the camera, saying to them, you are journalists. Turn on the camera. You are in the room. Turn on the camera. Yeah, go to jail for this. And, right. he says, and he says, you know, what are they going to do? Are they actually, do they really want that bad press that they're going to do that? Which, of course, the answer is probably, unfortunately, yes. Well, but they still. pick out the individual reporters and, and take them off the, the um, right. you know, the White House press corps. Which but is what happens to people. They get they don't get access. Bush was doing some of that. You know, he was pulling people out of the, the press corps and not giving them passes. Well, this is the thing, is that the White House press corps in particular is, on the one hand, they, you know, they're a, they have a class consciousness of, like, we're the press, we're here to observe, we're all here to do the same job, but they're all working for organizations that, that are, are ruthlessly <laughs> cutthroat. Absolutely. So it makes it difficult to develop solidarity <laughs> when the guy from, like, Fox News is getting, you know, you know, frog marched out, <laughs> but the guy from you know the people from CNN are are watching this and like you know, do we say something or do we you know just kind of keep our heads down and stay in the room? And I think that's it. part of the issue is also like the what if they boycotted the press briefings? Well, this that's is, what I think the other option is right. that they should just say then fine if you're not going to talk to us about anything we'll of substance, we'll get the news the other then, way. We'll talk to everybody else. Well, and, and this is what I, oh, I'm trying to, I'll, I'll go, <laughs> have to go try and find it. But there were a couple of people who were making the point that like, actually the press briefings aren't all that consequential in terms Anymore, of breaking news. Of, yeah. Cause most of the real investigative news gathering happens through other angles. And it happens through sort of, you know, people's individual sources and who they have connections to. Yeah. And the briefings are basically kind of theater. It's the it's the uh, official talking point for the day. Right. Although Trump doesn't really follow that, so in some oh, ways. Oh, no, he's off in <laughs> yeah, Trump land. He's, yeah. <laughs> By the way, the fellow that was shot at the baseball game, the uh, um, whip. Uh, oh, Steve Scalise. Uh, is back in the intensive care unit. Yeah, apparently. A, oh. An infection. infection. Speaking of trying to be more... Um, Bipartisan. Yeah, I just saw that note. Yeah. And, um, it, it's it's a really difficult time because, you know, the the press wants to they want to cover things. They mm. really do. They want access, and it's hard to come by. Which is weird because anybody with a camera can get all kinds of news. Uh, you know, uh, social media. It's a it's a time where right. We are, we all have yeah the means in our pocket yeah. to record what's happening. And so there's a, actually is a lot more news. It's just what's going to be filtered and distilled right. for people to. The need to for editorial standards has never been higher. I think. Oh well, that um, we're not actually hurting for con. This is the thing. Sorry to interrupt no. you. This is the thing that. I think a lot of like old line media people don't quite understand. They see that like newspapers are dying and that sort of old prestige media is sort of is kind of on the ropes. But the issue is not that like there's not content, it's that it's not vetted. Yeah. It's not it's yet. the Absolutely. second level of that that kind of like a, a professionalism tweet is not right. vetted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Absolutely his opinion is So yeah, um just a quick point on that one. You know you're on the wrong side if you are happy about uh, print journalism going away because you know who was crowing about it recently is uh, the 
quote unquote governor, because I refuse to, <laughs> this is another place where I refuse to believe that this is a reality. Uh, Paul LePage oh. of Maine fame um, oh, I... <laughs> was gloating about that. He was putting fake stories out. Well, he guess who he learned it from? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but the other thing the that I... The new school of uh, political power is um, make up a story. Yeah. Um, but the other thing is, of course, um, it's something that, you know, we shouldn't spend too much time on it because someone has done a great piece on it. Stephen Colbert, not Stephen Colbert, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, John Oliver, John Oliver. did oh, a yes. piece recently on Sinclair Broadcasting. And what they are is they're a giant conservative conglomerate that owns local news outlets. And they're trying to, basically, they're trying to do a merger with another company that owns a bunch of them. And it turns out that if you are a Sinclair Broadcasting uh, affiliate. outlet affiliate you have to play pre-packaged editorial information that they give you which is basically conservative propaganda and I don't say that in the sense of you know nothing a conservative says is right because that's not true obviously it's literal propaganda we where do in, our best at propaganda but some people are really good at it where, where they're are, literally talking yeah. about stories that have already been debunked that's yeah. what i mean when i say yeah. propaganda yeah that they're really just dis disseminating and there's nothing news. that these affiliates can do about it they have yeah. to play these things take these licenses back just like valley free radio is yeah. totally independent and totally and totes independence <laughs> yeah well, this is also the and thing. And by the way, valleyfreeradio.com slash donate. Hey, <laughs> support local media, people. Yeah, keep us free. Well, this is keep the thing. Uh, you know, we saw this. Well, let's talk about this. Valley Free Radio came out of a concerted attempt from local activists and community members who were concerned about, at that time, the lack of diversity and... Um, and plurality in in the radio markets here in Western Massachusetts yeah, because be after the Telecom Act, the Telecommunications Act of 1998, which again Democrats and Republicans got this through, but it massively deregulated the the you know the national radio w waves. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, got rid of the fairness fair, doctrine, fair, yeah. and it it also made it easier for at that time the company you know was Clear Channel which was buying up commercial musical radio and creating these vast areas, especially in rural, semi-rural areas. Thought deserts? Where you, well, thought <laughs> deserts. Yeah, and you had, it's, it's like what we have now with our, um, our internet and cable providers, where you had a, a de facto monopoly. Absolutely. Because there was only, you ended up with one or two companies who had their own fiefdoms, essentially, of, of turf. I'm glad I just watched owned. Citizen Kane for the first time. <laughs> 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 How timely. An excellent, an excellent time to watch Pro that. Procrastination works some, once in a yeah. while. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it, it's funny because that was... <laughs> yes, and that's a very good example because in, in 2005, the refrain was like, we want to have sort of diverse music and we want sort of... Uh, it was more cultural, but now we're seeing what happens when a politically motivated company that is supposed to provide news begins to sort of push its agenda. And who's to stop them? Because there's not a regulatory agency that can stop them. And certainly not in, under this administration. Yeah. yeah, and oh, there's there's not oh, a competition. You mean the FCC wouldn't want to actually enforce rules <laughs> about things that might hurt a corporation. Well, you, no, no, no. You have to go to work for them after you're done there. So yes, right. That's the, the revolving door. They're, they're too busy Smaller enforcing government. rules that hurt the internet <laughs> right now. Yes. Um, but <laughs> um, 
But Valley Free Radio really performed the function, and I heard that they put the first transmitter up in a tree in Francis Crow's yard or something. <laughs> yeah. that, that is the apocryphal story. <laughs> yeah. Humble beginnings. Yeah. But, but and she just got arrested recently, too. I yes, think, didn't yep. Francis Crow. <laughs> Hope you're doing okay. Yeah. Um, I'm sure she is. She's, she's a veteran at uh, getting arrested for her beliefs. Yeah. So, but this is the impetus for creating stations like this was exactly this problem. We and do have a license now. We we're, do, yes. We're, yes. we're not we're totally right. we're legit. Yeah, we're 100%, you know, <laughs> adhering to all necessary regulations. But it, it's, we're, we're here to provide that alternative that the market is not providing. Yeah. And this is, you know, Bill Moyers said this, that, that public, public news and, and, and culture should provide what the market will not provide. Yeah. That there needs to be never a be partnership, at the very least, a partnership. Yeah, so that's very socialist of you. The market, uh, can, <laughs> the market provides all, doesn't it, Sue? <laughs> we just need more bootstraps, people. That's why they always put two restaurants <laughs> on the same street. Oh yeah, <laughs> if well, you notice, doesn't really just. Well, in Florence, we have six or seven uh, pizza restaurants in yeah, the same street, and they all, all seem to be doing like very crazy. well. You <laughs> so, know, my my hometown, there are at least seven pizza places. <laughs> It's it. I think that's a Massachusetts thing, but I, I think something. I came from a town where there were um, hair salons, banks, maybe a pizza parlor or two, and a lot of nail salons that kind of moved ah. in all together. You know, right next to each other, so customer had their choice. Right, <laughs> as long as they could get to the center of town. We should uh, take a break to play a couple PSAs and promos, but uh, we'll be back here on Civil Politics Valley Free Radio. Thanks for joining us. Classical music on Valley Free Radio. Tune in to Andy Musique Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. for an hour of beautiful music to start your day. Hosted by Lucy and Larry. And that's fine. There's nothing <laughs> wrong Everything with being in the proper place. The commonplace <laughs> salt of the earth. Hi, my name's Leo, and I use he, him, his pronouns. Hi, my name's AJ, and I use they, them, theirs pronouns. Did you know that sex is your biology and gender is how you identify? You can't assume someone's gender. Based on their clothes. Based on their hair. Based on their voice. Who they hang out with. Who they're attracted to. My gender isn't your business. Ask me my pronouns! Brought to you by the PVPA Student Group for Gender, Sexuality, and Diversity. Hi, I'm Charlie. I fight fires, and I save lives. My name's Renee. I'm a cardiologist. I save lives. My name's Anthony. I'm an EMT. I save lives. You don't have to be a professional to save a life. Firefighters, doctors, and others save lives. You can, too. Don't wait. To learn more about the warning signs and how you can help prevent suicide, visit save.org. In a crisis, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. Forbes Library offers free access to computers, and now they are equipped with tools to make them easier to use if you are blind or have low vision. When you come into Forbes Library, you will find computers with JAWS screen reading and magnification software installed. Trained library staff are available to get you started. These services were brought to you with federal funds provided by the Institute of Museum and Library Services and administered by the Massachusetts Board of Library Commissioners. Call 413-587-1012 to find out more. 
Rachel Maddow with the Pioneer Valley Planning Commission and the Franklin Regional Council of Governments for Valley Free Radio. Reminding you that legally, bicycles are vehicles and bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities and should observe the same rules as motorists. For more information on bicycle rights and safety, go to www.massbike.org. Are you interested in connecting with the international community in the Pioneer Valley? Then volunteer to help your immigrant neighbors improve their English and integrate better into their surroundings. Become a volunteer tutor. Take a free 15-hour training taught by the International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. For more details on an application, go to ili.edu or contact amy at ili.edu. Students come from Africa, Asia, Europe, Latin America, and the Middle East. So volunteer to tutor and expand your world. And we're back here on Civil Politics at Valley Free Radio. Uh, thanks for joining us. My name, again, is uh, Stefan Ward-Wheaton, executive producer and sometimes host as uh, as need dictates here with it is uh, the holiday weekend it so is, you yes. got you know you get the <laughs> this is a trend where the I, person yeah. that's always here and then a special guest so. a special guest yes and we're here with uh, Sue Timberlake from our regular cast and DJ Stacy from Evidence Based I'm you know I'm always pinch it friend of the program <laughs> yes yeah, yeah can talk on almost any topic with facts and um, yeah it's wonderful so um, Sue you kind of brought an interesting local item to our yeah, attention yeah I you picked this up I had heard the original um, uh, rally for the JFK school uh, march against harassment was a couple of weeks ago maybe a month ago while school was still in um, session but the kids over there and this is a middle school have organized a march I think it's this Saturday we'll have to get the exact um, times and all that but bridge street school i think to town hall uh, to city hall in uh, northampton and the kids are so articulate i i heard it i think probably on one of our um, commercial stations here that one of the little girls said you know if you say i'm really hot and you want to go out with me that's not really harassment but if you say you're going to rape me that's kind of harassment and the teachers look the other way but if you say a swear word they go hey absolutely and so the teachers should be going hey <laughs> yeah. So they're very the kids are very good and this is so amazing to see sort of the way our country works. I mean, the, I just yeah. really like the that they're they're pulling this off. Glaring double standard. Yeah. 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 They and they this is a concerted action too because they um I remember I and I pulled it up in the Gazette. They had uh, this is this story is dated June twenty second. So a couple of weeks ago, they held a sit in. That at was JFK. what I picked up. Yeah, this. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, and I thought that was brilliant. And so. now, and following up with the marches is is, is yeah. a solid move. Yeah, and I I think the story is around somewhere. I I we should probably try and find it, but um, I'll yeah, try yeah. What, where the marches? I think it's tomorrow, but I could be wrong. Which would be what July eighth. Well, you know, or I maybe mean, next week, but. You know, it actually kind of harkens back, um, you know, something flared in my brain about uh, harkens back to something we were talking about with the press corps earlier, Mm. where it's just this amazing double standard. So apparently and it was being advertised uh, on Facebook and in the in the various uh, Jezebel-like sites uh, right. that it was a new policy, which Jezebel apparently is a site, by the way. isn't um, a new policy. But apparently, if you are trying to talk to the uh, members of the House... Oh, it's in, in a certain area? It's in a certain area. And if you're a woman and you're wearing... And you don't have any sleeves, oh, you yeah. are not allowed to go into that place. And just... 
the fact, and apparently also you can't have open-toed shoes. So apparently uh, your shoulders and your toes are too scandalous for these men to deal with. I wonder what happened when Pelosi was the Speaker of the House. <laughs> I, I imagine <laughs> it wasn't enforced. <laughs> I, I would assume it was enforced less, at least. Or was, yeah, but she didn't take it off the books, which is interesting. Yeah. It's, well, like, one, it's like these dinosaur laws <laughs> that, you know, there's, there are whole websites devoted to sort of um, picking up these arcane local and state level laws that are date from like two or three hundred years ago that are completely ridiculous. Like you can't tie your giraffe to a leash in the town square or something like yeah. that. But in this case, it's actually being it's actually affecting people's. Yeah, yeah I, I saw this story. And there was one journalist, a, a journalist who was a woman who showed up and, and she had a, a cropped sleeve shirt and they wouldn't let her in so she oh, had so to it was like off the shoulder but not quite she had to like take a, like pieces of newspaper and create like cuffs for herself so she could go in and do her job well no they still didn't and, let her in they still oh geez i didn't No, she I, tried because she you know thought well this is ridiculous so i guess i'll do it and they were like well no you can't do that because it's a it's about policing women it's not about the actual it's absurd i just in this day and age and in this country like, are we still protesting this ish as somebody yeah. had on a sign <laughs> at the at one of the I think that was at the women's march? Like, yes. really? Is that we're still doing this? And then it was, it's yeah. like, yes, we are, apparently. Uh, um, I should we should make all the men wear speedos in the House and Senate. You don't you don't want that. <laughs> no, maybe no. not. You no. don't <laughs> want that. I, I, I understand where Who's you're coming doing from. P P twenty two, whatever that was that Paul Ryan that was like the incredible you know those physical oh, workouts. Oh yeah. There was oh, some guy from uh, like Aaron P ninety. P ninety, that's it, sorry. Right. <laughs> I, I was not thinking a catch shout out. 22 and P90. So uh, that's just that's just wrong. <laughs> it's just wrong. By the way, I found I found the Facebook event for the uh, JFK March from Bridge Street. We'll post it on our is um, it Saturday. Can you tell? Or? Yes, it is tomorrow starting at 1215 at the Bridge Street School in Northampton. Posting it up on our Facebook page right now. Once again, that is facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. If you want to catch up on the links that we post during the show and during the week as well. Um, and quick reminder also, uh, while we're speaking of the social medias, not only on Facebook are we, but uh, you can also <laughs> find us on Twitter at civilpoliticsfm, by email civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org, and you can find archived episodes of the show at civilpoliticsradio.com. So now that I've plugged us enough, um, did we were say say we were on one hundred three point three? One yes, we are. Yes, you're probably listening to us at one hundred three point three f frequency oh, modulation. Yeah, it might be um, streaming. Yes, and you can stream us online valleyfreeradio.org through our website. So <laughs> this amazing, yeah. This, so now this that we've done event, all of that, so the local events at JFK, uh, the Bridge Street School in Northampton. If you're listening from another town. Very cool. Or city. Sorry, I always think of Northampton well, as a town. I feel like there's yeah. been an up. Well, maybe maybe it's this this political moment we're in. But I'm seeing a lot of really young young kids doing because at East Hampton High School, they've been having ongoing uh, actions about sort of racism Absolutely, and sort of yeah. racial tension at school and in classrooms. And you know, East Hampton's a little more of a politically mixed town. I think it's yeah. been a more con. A more contested issue, but there's a lot of people make really a lot nice. of a lot of young kids making their 
you know, really coming out and say, saying, like, this is not what we want. You know, this is not acceptable at our school. Um, There's a book called The Fourth Turning, and, of course, I don't remember the author, but it is about how there's sort of the grandparents... And uh, then, the generational And then issue. the generational. And that you, the, the great heroes of World War II could be predicted by their parents and the parents before uh. them. It's every fourth, fourth generation that sort of gets back to the sort of values and, you know, works hard. And so it would be interesting to see because for me this would be grandchildren would be middle school. So that Speaking be, of yeah. not working hard, though, Speaking I want not to talk hard. about... <laughs> oh, Shrelly. Uh, sh- what's his name? Martin Shrelly. Shrelly. It's Martin. Shrelly. Yeah. I enjoy mispronouncing it because I'm oh. a bad person. He is... Don't you just don't even want to look at his face. I, I never feel that way about people. Excuse me, but there's well, something about that, there was actually smirk. There was a story that said that, you know, he's actually being... Um, he's up on charges of securities fraud, I believe, is... The charge, yeah, not and, dodging uh, people who are sick, which is actually the I know. hideous thing he's done. It's a very Al Capone moment, right? Um, <laughs> Get the gangster for tax fraud. Yeah, like. but um, they were. I, I read a story that they were actually having trouble finding jurors for the trial, not because people who didn't even know him, who hadn't heard about his. <laughs> other misdeeds didn't like his face they looked at him and they thought i can't be objective about this person because he looks like a jerk and that was an actual someone had actually published that that they were having a really tough time because people were just looking at him and saying i can't i can't be objective about that person that's a tough call think about the jury selection so let's say you had you were prejudiced against black people you know and you were saying well i just i i couldn't yeah. Wow, that's really tough. How can you get your peers? Yeah, it's. It, I, I guess they must have done because I know the yeah. news stories are saying that someone oh, was telling start, people yeah. about yeah. saying something something to the jurors. Yeah. So <laughs> they must have figured it out in the end. Yeah. But I just thought that was. Yeah. That's, that's like a step beyond the OJ trial in the nineties because I remember at that time they had to find jurors oh, who hadn't right. even heard of him. This is even worse. You find people who haven't heard of him, they still don't like the guy. <laughs> <laughs> It's ridiculous. Move it to another country. Yeah, maybe. Wow. But he's he's um, well known for his other deeds, which was buying companies. And then, was it the AIDS drug up, went up by a it factor was a, of 4000 or yep, something? Yep, it went from being about $6 a dose to $4,000 a dose. Yeah, a daily dose. Daily dose. <laughs> and it's it's not actually an AIDS drug. It's a drug for something that is a very... Um, unusual disease unless you are immune compromised oh okay right. with something like aids so and so it's mostly aids it's part of the drug cocktail Kaposi, they give to. sarcoma it's, it's one of the yeah, yeah it's something separate from aids that people get megalovirus and i knew at the time because i reported on it but i can't bring it into yeah. my head at the moment yeah. but just to clarify it was something that is mostly and that was kind of the reason that these things happen is because there's actually a uh, mechanism called the orphan drug uh, program through the FDA. And so you have these drugs that are for very sort of niche diseases that not a lot of people get. And so there's a lot of sort of loopholes and there's a lot of kind of... Because they're trying to encourage them. Because they want, they want to encourage people to produce them. And so that's where a lot of this ends up happening is 
basically something that was meant to encourage people to produce these drugs has led to gouging basically <laughs> price gouging absolutely and we don't really have price controls in this country the one time we had it was carter oh. during the energy crisis and if you were caught gouging and there were whole kinds of commodities and things they actually would come after you and it was really odd to be in the country at the time and be i was an adult right. mm. have them say you know what if you charge too much for this the feds and they would like check your costs and i mean they were doing all this auditing it was like Ooh, this feels really weird for the United States. <laughs> you know, it was weird. Right. They, yeah. I mean, they were trying to stop it because there were shortages of all kinds. But Well, the, it, we're also just not used to having that kind of oversight in a certain level. Like, yeah. we've never had the kind of controls that, for instance, the, the EU has had and has had for yep. decades yep. that are very specific, you know, from milk to certain grain. I mean, very, you know... Very staple actually, milk products. Milk is controlled here in this country. The milk is that's true. Yeah, mil- is milk is actually one of which the which is very, kind yeah. of weird because the poor dairy yeah. farmers, you know, they well, can't gouge anybody. <laughs> well, it's it's also protectionist because it's guaranteeing that we yes. have a, a locally a sourced market yeah, where you know this this is one of those perennial issues. But, you know, where the free traders and the, the 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 protectionists are always butting heads is, you know, do you sort of let the market decide, or do you do you want to cultivate local? You know, do you want to cultivate local industry even when that's not sort of the cheapest and most, you know, most efficient or affordable option compared to like something coming over the border from uh, yeah. China or Mexico? Look at our steel or, industry, it was uh, wiped out by a lot of this dumping that happened from China. You know, they just dumped their steel and it right under right, and also the same thing happened with um, rare rare earth metals it's dangerous to mine but we have them here in the u.s but china was producing them for like an eighth of the cost so now they have the whole market but it was we didn't protect our our, our mining home. industry yeah and we didn't protect the steel industry because right. we don't do that except for a couple of things milk and yeah corn. it's sort well, of alcohol i forget something I oh think alcohol that was a the farmer um the alcohol subsidy to, to produce uh, alcohol, biodiesel from, not biodiesel, but... Um, oh, ethanol. Ethanol, ethanol from, yes. From, yeah. from uh, corn, sorry. Right. So, yeah. you know, the farmers are very, I mean, they get paid to leave. Well, and this is also well, the thing. Well, who gets a subsidy and who doesn't is a very contentious, I mean, look at the mm. oil and gas well, you subsidies. Have to, you have to be somebody who wears sleeves. Yes. No. yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Well, and this is also certain the political process protects them and like especially corn subsidies and ethanol subsidies are sacrosanct and the farm Iowa, bill that gets yeah. passed because right. what's the first state to vote in the primaries? Iowa. Iowa. You know what they grow in Iowa? Corn, <laughs> corn. <laughs> among other things. But like, you know, do you want to be the candidate who goes in and tells them like, yeah, we're going to have to cut the subsidies? I think there's a few candidates that lasted about one primary who yeah, did that. Right. Yeah. Being honest. They were being honest. You know. Right. Well, yeah. but it's also they like the, it's like the the coal workers because that's what we do in this country is that we don't support these things and then we also don't support the people who did them so you know it would make sense if you said we're going to cut down the corn subsidies but we're going to have retraining programs for transition you to 21st century what about the raccoons who's going to transition them from living on (laughs) the sorry i'm sorry i just had a very bad day (laughs) the raccoons are just fine sue (laughs) 
they have adapted very well to living in cities actually they are thriving they are thriving actually big cornfields are a problem for them so raccoons are on my short list of like animals that are gonna survive humanity along with cockroaches and like rats oh and the possums in my backyard oh possums yeah that's fun. I'm not laughing at you. So I just think that's going to be the next quotable. That we're what about the raccoons? Really? Yeah. If we get rid of corn, what will the Genre. raccoons do? Yeah. yeah. The deer. Actually, the deer are the other Oh, the deer. Yeah. Well, we could get rid of some of the deer, too. Don't, yeah, don't broadcast this to the islands. <laughs> uh, the Nantucket and... Uh, Everybody's going to think you're the Republican. Martha's Stacey. Vineyard. Yeah. Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> Yeah, we do have deer overpopulation, you know, since they we they lack natural predators and and humans can't quite hunt them at the rates that uh, I heard cougars. The deer and were filling out forms to say that we were overpopulated, and then <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I'm animalistic today. That sounds like a New Yorker cartoon, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yes, absolutely. The bear pointing at the other person to be shot. Yeah. The deer, the deer <laughs> apply for subsidies next. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so, did you want to talk about the five things Trump changed this uh, this week that you yes. didn't catch in the news? We so should actually Space Force. That wasn't this week. That was a couple of weeks ago. They're mm-hmm. going to create a new um, arm of the military. They're going to break it off, and they're calling it the Space Force. But you guys were saying it already. There's some shuttles and things yeah, that uh, already there's, exist. There's already some of that already exists. Um, there's a shuttle that the military controls that often is in orbit. It just came back down recently. It's an unmanned, so it, it's up there for quite a long time, and then it'll come back down periodically, and watchers will see it. Stuff, yeah. um, so just quickly, uh, the renewable fuel standards were lowered for 2018. They're held the same for 2017. Mm. Um Though this is one of those cases where industry is actually stepping up, I feel. They're going to do it anyway. They're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, Ryan Zinke, the Interior Secretary. uh, This uh, is the heartbreaking one. Speed up the permitting process for oil and gas leases. He's trying to push it so it goes out in 30 days. Um, They postponed the reporting on for-profit schools for one year. It's supposed to be July 1st, and now it's July 1st, 2018. And that's what she's being sued over, right, I think? Yeah, I was going to say, another local story, Maura Healy is apparently um, has... Our attorney general here in Massachusetts. ...is spearheading a um, lawsuit against the Department of Education and Betsy DeVos, and about this yeah, a bunch of states are yeah joined. and she's she's the one who's been spearheading it oh interesting she's yeah. a spitfire yep um and i think the last one i have because i'm sure there are other ones but this was just last week uh postponing uh transgender troops in the military uh was supposed to take place on july 1st and they extended it to january 2018 so six months and to and look at it you should you should read the quote unquote reason i didn't actually print out the reason oh dear because i was just trying to get all five on this one page <laughs> it was um something having to do with cohesion troop cohesion the, um the the uh, the impact oh, on the readiness and lethality of our forces not the length of their sleeves no no no, it no. <laughs> because you know transgender people would really affect this in any way shape or form yeah. because uh, you know it, that that is a that is a problem you know if you if your military force if our military force is so fragile that they can't handle someone <laughs> like that in their troop then we do have a problem absolutely 
but uh, it's not the problem they think it is. Well, there's a lot of hazing and stuff that goes on and oh. uh, assault in the military oh. still. It's sex- let's speak of what we were talking about earlier. Sexual assault in the military is that really broke, uh, yeah. d- especially during the Obama administration. There were suddenly a ton of reports and yeah. and studies that indicated and the guy that, that, that was, was in rampant. charge of it that Obama put in charge of it had been actually quite. Horrible. The guy that was spearheading the whole oh the investigation yeah, yeah in the military he was he yeah was he was the worst guilty. defender yeah yeah they put the fox in charge of the I, I I hate to say it but I think it's probably difficult to find people who are still in the military and have come up through the ranks who haven't I mean I think it's cultural yeah, yeah it's, absolutely you know I mean I don't want to it's like if you're in the air force you've definitely been uh, exposed to evangelical Christianity yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is it? well, it's even even other branches of the military <laughs> joke about the Air Force yeah. as like the real the tail hook, you know uh, the fighters for Christ yeah. yeah yeah well let's hope the kids at JFK can uh, create a new generation <laughs> here so yeah I mean I think that you know they're they're the only hope at this point um, the other big story of course is the the posturing between uh, North Korea China and the U S oh right that CBM. is you yeah. know. Uh, just th- there are days where you wonder how much longer we're still going to be able to do these things. Natural selection at work. Is that what you um, <laughs> No, I was thinking more nuclear Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. North well. Korea, it's kind of like, you know, I, I think we sort of assume that terrible regimes kind of crash and burn under their own inertia. But North Korea just keeps trucking. I mean, they've got China backing them up. I think but China's afraid to put more pressure on. You know, it's not like they're saying they won't. It's just they're afraid that's going to precipitate an event. Hmm. You know, that's the kind China of... China moves very carefully yeah. geopolitically. Yeah, so. and yeah. I think Trump's ready to drop a bomb. Well, yeah. that's, Trump that's part not. of the problem is that China has upped its exports to North Korea. Oh, they did because they had shut down some things yeah, for Yeah, they've, they've bumped them back up. I think they're up 40%, and that's, you know, of course, to Trump, that's, oh, well... You know, we thought they'd be helpful, but clearly they're not going to be helpful. So I'm just going to throw out, yeah. you know. Next. Well, they did. They did the good note. I don't know if we have time for a good note, but yeah, um, uh, Russia and China, Russia and China, Russia, Iran, and the U.S. negotiated a um, area of um, peace in Syria. Oh, oh yes. yes, in southwest yeah. Syria. Yeah. yeah, or at least by agreement. We'll see how far it's that o- goes. Right, it's only a portion of the yeah. country, but it is a, it is a ceasefire, and yeah. we shall see if it holds. Yeah, but boy, what a we say this every week, but what a turbulent week we've had. I just, you know, I just think about the antiquities that have been... True. Oh, and Hobby. Oh, yes. Hobby Lobby. We didn't get to talk about that, but Hobby Lobby. We don't have any time to. But they're uh, evil. Hobby Lobby did something. Another reason. That's our our teaser for next week. (laughs) Yes. Tune it. So tune in next week, every Friday at seven for live soul politics, and find out about what's wrong with Hobby Lobby. Even the conservatives don't like what they did. Even (laughs) you won't believe what this conservative. Bipartisanism. This is radio clickbait. You have to tune in to fine okay well thanks for joining us uh we have uh subculture coming up next with dj wendy uh and again tune in next week for civil politics have a good night